The chain in those handcuffs is high tensile steel. It'll take you ten minutes to hack through it with this. If you're lucky, you can hack through your ankle in five minutes. Go. Welcome to Disaster Artists, the show in which we look at potential apocalyptic scenarios and disasters from movies, comic books and literature. From real world to complete fantasy, we see what it would take to survive them and just how likely they are. I'm Johnny. I'm Shane. This week we're starting with a bang, an atomic bang, or maybe just the bang of a Ford Falcon's exhaust with the granddaddy of post-apocalyptic films mad max so this is going to be a two-parter in the first episodes we're either going to look at the trilogy the original trilogy or maybe just the first two and then yeah. the second one we'll look at beyond thunderdome and this past summer's mega hit fury road because that's a good way to split them up rather than doing the I'm, trilogy and i haven't seen fury road yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're going to split it up anyway uh, yeah um, and we're also just in time for the release of the Mad Max game. It just came out a few weeks ago, so we'll probably cover that and maybe even review it. But before we, we will, before we get into Mad Max, should we talk a little about why we're doing this or just the, the going forward, like what the podcast will be? I mean, that's a perfect introduction. People know what it is, but yeah. we should give them an idea of episodes we might cover or our oh, favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, well, we'd cover... The obvious ones would be how would you survive in a zombie apocalypse? How would you survive in a... Um, no, that's all I have. Okay. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> no, no, I'm thinking about it. Uh, robot uprising. Robot uprising, dino-apocalypse. Dino-apocalypse. Um, the, 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 You're going to go into things like super volcanoes, super earthquakes. Yeah, we're going to cover real stuff. Uh, another ice age. Stephen you know King's The Stand. That's, that's a, a hard apocalypse to live through. We need skills for that one. Oh yeah, is, um, that, is that kind of like the rapture? No, it's it's a standard. It's the um the flu. Oh kills sorry, okay. Like ninety five percent of the world, and then it just leaves the doors open for a sort of. Well, he's he's in the Stephen King universe. He's kind of like the devil who just comes through and just sees it yeah. as an opportunity to create his own world. So it's like the about it's just it's a post apocalyptic story that ends up being about like the actual literal battle of good and evil oh okay i didn't realize that. yeah it's, it's really good uh, we when we do the episode you can just like i'll explain you I'll, I'll read the comic okay. yeah there is a comic yeah, yeah i know <laughs> um, ben uh, affleck was meant to do a movie at one point as well which would have been excellent before he became batman i'm sure yeah but yeah there's plenty of episodes to cover and they're not we're, it, it's not always just going to be covering a book or a movie like we you know we're going to hopefully like i don't know visit a bunker or try different like foods that one would eat during a particular apocalypse um many different ways how to survive yeah and it is after whatever event this is a complete 
joke of a podcast for lack of a better <laughs> word like we're not serious <laughs> just in case anyone thinks we're like uh preppers and like we're not like no but i find the whole prepper thing really fascinating yeah and that's why we, we kind of we were actually at one point we were writing a, a web series about a prepper yeah. and we done like a bunch of research and then got way too into it and the yeah. next thing i ended up with, a bug, with my own bug out back <laughs> <laughs> and then we were kind of, and then you're like hmm um we haven't filmed anything yet <laughs> yeah and we're still but i'm just buying props i remember like yeah i'd have all yeah. this like i had loads of canned food in my house yeah i had tons of it because we were going to shoot in under we were going to shoot under the stairs of my house which i use as kind of a cupboard for a bunker and i dressed it like a bunker and we did some test shots and then it just stayed that way for like mm. a year <laughs> and i had all these like i bought like well i was buying camping because we go camping like mm. um not together no yet yeah we've never gone camping together no we'll Damn. do it for the, we'll do an episode of the podcast we just go camping <laughs> <laughs> but like that can be our uh the deliverance episode surviving oh, yeah. the deliverance <laughs> But and that's it. Like, like does that where the disaster is a very there's you can choose what what, what way you want to take that. We're very open to what a disaster is. So, but even simply like there's the look at like there's the think of very simply like okay atomic blast. There's the post atomic survival, which is more the Mad Max type of world. Yeah, but then there's the pre, which is. You're sitting at home on a Saturday and a nuke goes off. What do you do? That's a whole episode by itself. Yeah. That's yeah. entirely separate to this. Yeah, and even using the same scenarios in different works. Like, I mean, both, like, a boy and his dog, Mad Max. Yeah. Both share the same. Omega Man. They're, they're all a nuclear war, but they're all different takes on it. And there's things yeah. unique to them. Uh, it's kind of like Omega Man was kind of an I Am Legend story, but... Wasn't it tied in with a bit of, like, radiation poisoning and stuff? I'm trying to remember. I could just be thinking of the uh, Simpsons Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. Where it was, they were all mutants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm mixing that up. But but what I mean as well, like, when we we're using the disasters, and, like, there's lots of different types of disasters. So we can go small scale where it's, like, you know, maybe not quite surviving Christmas, but yeah. <laughs> we'll cover small disasters once they're interesting enough and it's actually something you might need to get out of. <laughs> to look after your drunk uncle at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and then, like, real life, there's been, oh, there's actually been so many disasters. This The week we're recording this podcast alone, we could do an yeah. episode for every day. Well, so, there's, like, there's, like, you know, you've, the real ones that have really happened over the last couple of years, you've like tsunamis and earthquakes and different things like people trapped in mines yeah, collapsing. Yeah. And but this week we're covering Mad Max. So yeah. speaking of scenarios, when we're talking about Mad Max as one, we're really talking about two two worlds. It's like the Mad Max universe is yeah. kind of split into two worlds. The world of the first Mad Max, the 1979 Mad Max, its sequel to Road Warrior, and then Beyond Thunderdome and fury road because they're a lot of people think yeah because uh, yeah a lot of people think of like mad max as this post nuclear uh apocalyptic story but the first mad max and road warrior were set before the bombs fell and beyond thunderdome set after so that's how we're going to cover it we're going to cover the pre and the post so the post will be next week which i think that makes sense yeah, yeah. but either way mad max the style of it uh just even the color palette like so many post-apocalyptic films that came afterwards 
and video games and stuff very much take their like you look at the fallout series they take their tone from mad max so yeah it's as good a place as any to start what have you got <laughs> you're doing a very like yesteryear's news today where like we're going to list off this story um <laughs> that's a order podcast oh yeah um well no i was just going to talk about the mad max films <laughs> yeah no go for it yeah, yeah. jump in that's so much pressure. <laughs> no pressure, Johnny. Okay. I, it's okay. First off, uh, I'll say it's been a long time since I've seen them. You probably watched them recently in prep for this. I've seen them in years, but okay. I always thought in my own memory that the first one was set before, and the second one was set after. Not, no, not there. just Thunderdome. No, Thunderdome set. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bombs. Because because the second one is such a post-apocalyptic world, where the first one is like he's a cop and society's kind of collapsing around them, and well, so it, I, I thought it was the second one was after the bombs. The, the second one is proper apocalypse, but it's just yeah. the the apocalypse was caused by wasn't caused by a nuclear war. Okay, it was caused yeah. by the oil reserve and the collapse of society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the sort of remnants of the government go to war between Mad Max 2 and Thunderdome. I didn't realise that, you see. Yeah, yeah the first yeah. mention of nuclear, like, f- the, mo- the first mention of Fallout in the Mad Max films is in the beginning of Beyond Thunderdome. I'm not sure where he's going. I think it's Bartertown. Yeah. And I don't, there's some guy selling food and Max puts the... Like a Geiger hand around yeah, it. Yeah, over it. And the guy says, what's a little Fallout, eh? Uh, and that's the first mention of any nuclear related, uh, okay. as far as I remember, anyway. But I know that actually, well, I do actually have this. There's stuff I'll get. I'll read it in a bit. It's there's prelims from the original scripts that actually don't appear in the movies. So I don't know if you can count them as canon or not. No, you can't. But, <laughs> well, they set up the world. Okay, yeah. I think you can because, like, if it's that, if it's that, that's part of the world building that they use. Oh right, okay, yeah. Okay. I mean, like then, like most of comic continuity can't be counted. Um, well, there's another one, Old Man Logan. Yes, where the supervillains win. We should definitely do that one. That'd be a good. One. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, the first Mad Max. That's barely like, yeah. That's not apocalyptic. That's just society's on its way out, kind of. Yeah. It's not too far removed from like what a lot of countries around the world got close to in the last ten years, anyway. No, <laughs> it's pretty close. Well, you look at like Venezuela, like they're, uh, they look like they're in a Mad Max world at the moment. I don't know anything, but I haven't followed the news. I don't know anything about Venezuela. Sorry, you just totally I mean Venezuela me in general, like yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So you just totally threw me off with that. Okay, I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. so well, sorry. Name any country that's I know, like, yeah. yeah, Rwanda. Yeah, plenty of African com- countries. They're living in basically a post-apocalyptic world of like you walk yeah. out your door, you'll get robbed or murdered. It's every man for himself, kind of thing. It's yeah, like the idea with Mad Max is essentially. Well, the, the, I can read the prelim if you want. Because seeing that, yeah, you're you're saying like you haven't seen the films in so long. I think we need to go into the prelims. Yeah, this will yeah, this will yeah. help people. These are going to be long, but yeah, it needs to it. be done. So, or sorry, it's prelims. Like that's <laughs> boxing and UFC terms. Preamble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, law and order, like every other aspect of Western society, have been swept away, put to the trench early one morning when Iranian troops trying to export revolution struck deep into the heart of Saudi Arabia. 
Within two days, the world's largest oil fields were ablaze. The Persian Gulf had been mined, and the Middle East's once mighty torrent of energy had slowed to a trickle. While the United Nations met in emergency sessions, the price of oil doubled, then quadrupled, and then quadrupled again. On the battlefield, one disaster followed another, culminating in the destruction of both the Northwest and Trans-Persian pipelines. Almost immediately, the West's seven largest oil companies, led by Exxon, announced that they would no longer be able to fulfill their supply contracts. The following day, dealers on the Amsterdam spot market began to demand payment in bullion. Oh, not bullion, it's in gold. Bars. Uh, The price of gold soared in an attempt to control their economies and conserve their fuel One Prime Minister after another declared a state of emergency. West Germany immediately imposed martial law. The military assumed power in Italy and Spain. In Australia, where Mad Max is set, as in every other industrialised nation, stockbrokers watched in awe as once great companies were written down until they became nothing more than piles of worthless scrip. After more than 200 years of steady expansion, the merchant bankers, the old investment houses, and the mighty superannuation funds began to crumble overnight. Day after day, clerks and telephonists, managers and secretaries were being sent home to wait for a recall that would never come. Ah, so it is economic disaster. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's the opening to Mad Max. Now, just that um, preamble is actually from the Mad Max 2 script, but it's okay. a five-page preamble, and that, that, that first page... Yeah. The, the next page talks about the Mad Max film. So this... Oh, okay, they're yeah. fill, they're filling in the blanks to both movies in that script, yeah, yeah. so that's essentially when they wrote Mad. I know that's not in the film, but that was their intent when he wrote the script. This was that's, the world. Of, yeah, this yeah. is what happened before. So is that before the first one? Yeah, yeah. So that's the world. So we're now landed right in, in Mad that Max. world. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So with all that going on in Australia, the idea is like everybody's unemployed. Like what happens when people go to? when people are unemployed it leads to high crime rates and only in this fantastic version it's way over the top (laughs) and they're taken to the streets and road gangs are forming and whatnot and that's yeah that's where we pick up with mad max like even uh, well actually yeah so mad max set i guess the set and we should talk about what time period it's set it was made in 1979 it's obviously set further into the future it's not really stated when because the, the film opens with uh, a few years from now. That can be, uh, okay, can be yeah, anything. Yeah. But that's always a good way. Never say, that's a great way to say Never it. say a year. Like yeah. There is some hints at a year. Like in on, on one of the highways, on one of the routes, it says... No, I can't remember what the relevance of the date is, but 1984 is written on it. Oh, okay. So it's at the very least five years into the future from the time it was made. Yeah, yeah. But just because something was established in 1984 doesn't mean it's not 10 years after that again. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the 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 halls of justice in it, where the police force work from, yeah, that really run-down building, their, their logo says established 1983. Yeah, so, so it it's been, been there a long time. It's been, yeah. Well, no, because it would have the place would have already been run-down when it was... Because the justice hall was established. It's in, like It's not a real justice hall. It was probably like just a corner shop beforehand they've just been using it as the oh, justice hall okay, yeah, yeah. i think anyway that's that's the impression i got yeah because it doesn't look like a, a proper government building like yeah okay like when i say run down it's just uh broken windows and stuff it's not yeah, like yeah. it's crumbling no okay sorry at the seams or anything 
So that place is established four years. They've clearly been around along, so it seems like it's been ten years, like it's set in the late 80s yeah. or whatever. But I think there is, I do have something here, actually. I made a note of it. Because I think George Miller, yeah, in an interview in 1984, he said the events of the first two movies take place 15 years from the point when they were met. That was his oh, idea. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that put them at like the mid to late 90s, both films. Yeah. And then Beyond Thunderdome took place 15 years after that. 15 years again? Yeah. Wow. So that put in like 2018, around that, 2014, 2000, somewhere between 2014, yeah, yeah. 2018. Which, yeah, like Max got fairly old, but yeah. the, he aged well. Yeah. He's got grey hair and Beyond Thunderdome. I suppose, yeah, yeah. But was that just um, Mel Gibson had gotten old? Like, well, I'm trying to think what was the gap between the films. Between it wasn't films, that long, was yeah. it? It was only a couple of years, wasn't it? I can look that up at least. <laughs> well, Mad Max 1 was 1979. Mad Max 2 was, I think, 81. Was it 81? I think so. I think it was pretty... Did you think it was further, I, yeah? Yeah, I would have thought it was later. I would have thought, like, 89 or something like that. No, Thunderdome was 85. I didn't think that was that. Wow, I thought that was totally 90s. Yeah. In my head. I mean, yes, and no land between them all. Because I even remembered Max looking a bit older in yeah, Thunderdome. Yeah. So obviously it was very intentional then. Yeah. Wow, I must rewatch them. It's a lot <laughs> more depth put in, thought put into that than I realised. Actually, well, so it's worth, like, going into that. Um, the main force patrol, that's the police... That yeah. Max is part of. Part of, yeah. And they were set up, they're like patrol, like highway patrol cops. That's their yeah. their only job. And it was started by the remnants of the Australian government. And yes, there because, was. Because they've ended up in a very lawless society. Yeah. They're yeah. the only law enforcement now. Exactly. It's like a last ditch effort to just like stop the street gangs. And the, the, the sign says established 1983, so you assume like it took four years for the gangs to get. As bad. Yeah. 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 Can you remember uh, Max's full name? No. Max Rokotansky. Rokotansky? <laughs> yeah, Rokotansky. It's a really odd choice. Yeah, I don't... You never really hear it after the first film. No, he just becomes Max. Because it does even... I think, is it in Mad Max 2? They never, ever even say his name. I think the guy telling the story says it, and that's it. Yeah, like, no, he's he's the man with no name character. That kind of Western type character, isn't he? Well, I guess that's his the sort of archetype character he yeah, feels. Because yeah. the child, the the old man telling the story in Mad Max Two is the child on with him in yeah the, in the film the, the, the yeah, red, yeah. Red blade red boomerang. I always remember that. So I think like at some point in the narration he says his name was Max. So it's yeah, like he yeah. told the kid at some point what his name was, but didn't tell the others. Can you remember the car he drove? The Ford Falcon. I just remember yeah. it looking awesome. Yeah, the one, the sort of infamous one that he's known for. He he doesn't have that at the beginning. They have like I think they're called the, uh, I think they're just pursuit specials, or maybe that's what. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pursuit specials, and he's yeah. got. I think they are all Ford Falcons, but they're all the yellow ones. Yeah, and then like when he's thinking of leaving the force, they build him an one, awesome car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's the super sort of. Yeah, the interceptor, and that's yeah, the one yeah. he sticks with. Um, I'm, I can't imagine anybody listening hasn't seen like the first Mad Max is the only really plot heavy one but it's not even plot heavy it's uh, it's just a western movie yeah. it's he, he's essentially a sheriff going yeah. to retire and then his family's murder so he goes rogue 
and goes looking for revenge. <laughs> and that's the movie. Well, one, one of his partners gets messed up. Yeah, as well. yeah. I always, I, uh, that's one thing that always stuck with me is that scene in hospital and is it your man is burnt oh, yeah. and they put the wire frame on the blanket to put the blanket over him to try and keep him warm mm. but the blanket can't touch his skin and i just remember that's that just sticking with me yeah yeah because so like, i probably saw it when i was like nine or ten yeah I probably a, shouldn't have been watching it but my older brother was watching this guy and that just was that image was burned into my brain at the time the first one is such a violent film it is yeah, like yeah. the ending where it's a great scene where he's got the the last guy and he's handcuffed, his legs handcuffed to a car, and the car's overturned, and it's ready to explode. And Max just looks at him, and he's like, You've, that's going to explode in f- ten minutes? Oh, yeah. It takes five minutes to saw through bone. And he just throws him a hacksaw and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like looking at it, and he's looking at the flames and the petrol and on its way up. to it. And he just starts sawing, and then you just hear him scream, and it blows up. I was like, it wasn't going to take 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> with your man. <laughs> it's also, that's actually what inspired Saw, apparently, as well. Oh, yeah. That scene. Which is advice I want to give to everyone is if you're handcuffed on your wrist, trapped by somebody like that. Just break you, your oh, thumb. You just need to break your thumb. Yeah. You don't need to cut your thumb off. But they were all, they, these were all ankles, though. Yeah, yeah. Ankles are far better way to Yeah, yeah. If you, so if you ever need to handcuff somebody. Yeah. If, you, if you ever find yourself waking up in a psycho's house and they've handcuffed you to a radiator or something and they throw you a hacksaw, <laughs> just break your thumb and get the fuck yeah. out of there. <laughs> like, there's no need for it. Because I remember watching uh, Breaking Bad with somebody and when he was handcuffed, when Walt was handcuffed. Well, he wasn't handcuffed. It was a tie wrap to the radiator. Oh, yeah. And he burnt the burnt it off and he got he got all the plastic burnt him yeah. I can't remember who I was watching I'm like Ugh, I'd have just broke my thumb it's like over worse. burning your <laughs> if you're cuffed fine but like don't break your own to get out of a tie wrap that's idiotic <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's probably actually having, easier having to... a having a burn on your arm is a lot less debilitating than yeah, a broken thumb. thumb it'll like at least that'll heal in the day like, yeah, yeah. It'll still it like oh, it'll sting. Those burns hurt like crazy. Though those plastic pla- have you ever got like plastic dripping on you? No, but I've a I've a scar on my arm there from only a couple of months ago. I uh, I touched the inside of the oven. When I was reaching into the oven and I touched one of the bars in the oven, and like I've had that scar for I'd say eight, eight months now. <laughs> but before we skip to or go to Mad Max two, so just in in general, how do you think you do in that the scenarios? Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, let's let's dip into that heavily. The just the lawless society. Yeah. Oh, that'd be tough. In that scenario, it's a little bit different to like you're not all out living in the desert or anything like that. It's just a lawless society. So the way I would think of it is I always look at and it's it's one of those things that always pops into my head is where I live, I live like on a street and then there's houses behind us and all the back gardens touch. Yeah. But if you look at it on Google Maps, all the back gardens are basically encased by the houses. Yeah, right? yeah. And the best thing to do there would be board up the fronts of the houses and then you have the houses knock down all the you knock down all the walls between the back own. gardens and use those bricks to brick up your windows at the fronts of the houses. Then you just have a huge field to grow crops and you can have like a society like almost like a walled society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would encourage something like that where I live, definitely. You just have to trust your neighbor. Yeah, that's the thing. 
I don't know if I trust your neighbours. If you well, you see, the whole thing is you're trying to encourage. Wait, me, is it you Malahide neighbours? No, no, we're, sorry, we're yeah. now. For some reason, in my head, when you were talking, I just saw because the Malahide place seems like it would fit oh, the same. <laughs> it seems like it'd fit the same idea, kind of. Except I wouldn't have thought. Except you can get in. There's not houses at the ends. You see, so you just have right. to like. There's only people's hedges. You'd need or a wall. That's a, a wall. Where where I live, it is actually completely like there's houses all the way around mm. it's like a, an oval yeah, all the yeah. way around and if you just but the whole point is you could take the walls from the back gardens use that brickwork to break up the fronts of the houses then uh, you just have a huge crop growing area I think in this society you have to move out of the cities and I think Definitely. that's why when like I remember like my when I was watching the Mad Max films because they're all in the desert and it's not like the yeah. desert wasteland like a his dog and like fallout no. it's like oh that's just the actual desert the outback. In the outback yeah yeah and the idea there is that like after because Mad Max 1 isn't quite in the outback no no so it's that after when well, no, like things were so bad and the built up towns and the cities the people just start moving towards the outback you just gotta get out of society and then eventually yeah. everybody moves to the outback and eventually the bad guys are gonna be in the outback yeah but it does make you wonder like what's Sydney like in the Mad Max universe yeah yeah I would I would imagine by the time you get to Mad Max two, like because in Mad Max one there is some kind of civilization still yeah. going on. There is a government, and it seems to be almost completely gone by Mad Max two. Even though then you're saying between two and three, there's the nuclear strike. Yeah, yeah, but it's almost it's almost like the nuclear strike just that just made things a bit more hassleful for the people that were already alive. But I mean, yeah. the world was already gone. Like it was Pretty just much. a different. Di- but I would imagine. It's absolutely worst in the cities, but as a knock-on effect, the cities would be pretty much empty. Because yeah. people either leave, and those who stay are going to kill each other off very quickly. Yeah. And you'll just have a couple of scavengers hiding in buildings, and proper, like, every man for himself. It would be like that 28 days later type of quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and every so often, you, and like, at night... You'll just hear screaming off in the distance and stuff. Like it would just be very, um, and resources are going to go quick as well. Yeah. In the city. Have Have you played Fallout Three? No, I haven't. Because that's really interesting. Because like it's set in Washington, DC, yeah. not the state. And yeah, there's the Mojave Desert. Is that way? Is that? Yeah, yeah. That's the one in Washington. Anyway, there's the desert wasteland, and then. Washington city in the the center of it and all the big communities and all the settlements are out in the wasteland and once you get to the city everything's really quiet like yeah and that's where you run into like super mutants and stuff yeah yeah. but it's a fantasy game but like I like the idea that yeah once you reach the city and that there is nothing there like no I wouldn't think so because but it is where you find the best supplies I, I was gonna say I would imagine yeah you'd very very quickly build up a folklore of the cities are too dangerous yeah to go to and so there might be a lot of supplies there there might be very few gangs or dangers there but at one stage it was the worst place to be and everyone left Mm. because everyone just evacuated get out of the city because there's riots in the street there's you know but you 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 think of like when say it's been a couple of years now since there was a riot here in Dublin, right? But when there yeah. was... No, I remember like, like, I yeah. remember the last one. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. You're like, you just got to get out of there. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you don't want to be anywhere near that. Imagine that lasting 
continuously. Yeah. That unlawlessness. And that's what you're facing is a continuous riot. So, and there's no... Then suddenly you've no more uh, input of uh, supplies. There's no more trick, truck delivery deliveries coming to supermarkets or anything like that. So everything's limited. People are panicking. So, so all the like food shops and hardwares the shops are useful stuff not yeah, yeah. clothes shops are full of clothes um, but all the food and like hardware supplies and stuff all those shops they've been stripped but they're probably stockpiled in people's houses and in apartment blocks exactly yeah because people are killed for them people die before they get to consume all this stuff so there's still a lot of stuff around well you know there's but some... it's just not in one central location yeah because you know there's some guy who went to hardware stores stocked up on flashlights maybe guns flare guns loads yeah. of tin food every t- all this like survivalist stuff never stocked up on water and then died of dehydration yeah and his apartment is just covered in all the stuff you, you you're Absolutely. if you're, you're alive at this point you know to stock up on water but you're always going to be short on bullets <laughs> yeah so that's where you, that's what you go looking for. Yeah, there's the there's the people who will panic and go, I need loads of bullets. Yeah. And then they'll starve to death or they'll uh, dehydrate to death. Yeah. And and then there's the people who will stock up a bullets and just go on a killing spree. And then they'll get killed or they'll kill off so many people that you'll be able to get stuff from those people's houses and so it, it you know, there's the whole point is yeah, none of it's gonna be there will be supplies there. There'll be very few people. It will be dangerous, but probably not as dangerous. Not it'll probably be just as dangerous as the outside of the city yeah. after a couple of years. Yes, yeah, yeah. but the initial that as I was saying that initial legend is there because everyone will remember we had to get out of the city because it was crazy. So no one will go back. I think that's that would definitely be the case. But I think where you could. I guess it, dep- it really depends on the city and the layer. Like, it's weird when like when you watch Walking Dead and... Where's that set? Um, it's not Dallas. It's Dallas is the city they go to, isn't it? Atlanta. Atlanta, that's it. And, like, you see Atlanta, like, it's... It, maybe, I don't know if it's by design, but it's like, like Pittsburgh in Land of the Dead. Like, they're very... Or maybe it's just a thing with Mary. Like, we don't really have it here where, like, Dublin City... It's sort of hard to tell where it ends because it really continues out into the suburbs. Yeah, and and Dublin's over a thousand years old as well. Yeah, so and it's just... the, but it's the same. Yeah, I guess that's it. But you look at like Atlanta and Pittsburgh and maybe um, Chicago. The city is like in a circle, and then beyond that, there's just like nothing. <laughs> yeah, like it's just not. There's it's like weird, there's yeah. almost like city walls. Like an yeah. old medieval city. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have well, that. The perfect example would be Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. You literally, you literally have a long desert road, and at the end of the road is a city in the middle of the yeah, desert. Yeah. And we just don't have that here. That's we have like. But that's why I think like you, it, the f- longest you're gonna go down any road in Ireland before coming across a small town or a village is probably like two, three miles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. five at a push. You're gonna see the odd house along the way, but five to five miles. Yeah, exactly. Without seeing a village. But what I, and what I'm getting at though is if the cities are like that, the American sort of closed off city. Yeah, you might be much safer because if they have that folklore around them and like, oh, don't go to the city. Yeah, you have to actually, you know, you have to travel quite a bit to get there, and then you go in and it's just empty. Whereas here, you get halfway to the city, you're gonna come like 
you're going to be in a suburb and there's going to be somebody. It, yeah. it, the risk isn't as dangerous. The folk's lore is that the city's dangerous. But yeah, the but suburbs are, aren't quite as dangerous, so people would risk going there. So you yeah. might be killed before you even get to the city. That's the thing. There'll still be people outside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, yeah, whereas, like, going... Well, it's Mad Max, so we're... we're Australia, like what's which Sydney? would be the same, yeah, yeah, which is that same kind of American model of um, okay, there is still suburbs and all that kind of stuff, but you can drive for miles across an empty desert, yeah, and then suddenly yeah. there is civilization, which we don't have, so yeah, it's Mad Max World, which is Australia, it would be that kind of model. I think the big risk with going to a city in that scenario is that it's the mile before the city, yeah, well, that and but you do get to the city and it seems empty, but then there's one guy who took over a football stadium yeah. and built a society within that. Yeah, yeah. And they've actually, he's like part of their method of survival is to spread that folk's lore. Yeah, exactly. And then you're invited in and, you know, you're accepted, but you're not really, they're just going to kill you because you're an outsider. Or they'll eat you. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. Your food. <laughs> Is there cannibalism in the Mad Max world? It's suggested, yeah. But I think in um, Beyond Thunderdome, it's suggested. Yeah. There's a, somebody has a somebody selling strange meat, but they don't go that dark with it. Oh right, okay. Which it's funny, like a, a lot of them stay away from it. They don't yeah. really mention cannibalism too much. How do we not mention the road as a scenario? Sorry, I just thought of that as I thought of cannibalism. Uh, anyway, go on. <laughs> Well, we'll definitely be doing that too. Yeah, I guess that's why we we, we have so much to do. We need to like stay on one. Yeah, but Mad yeah, Max yeah. covers so well. That's the idea of why we're doing this. Is the first one to kind of yeah, exactly. Cover it's a good, it's a good jump into the world of you're covering Mad Max. You're essentially just covering the general post apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I've got more because I'm going to read out these just because like reading the first uh, preamble kind of actually gave us something to talk about. So. I'm just yeah. going to read another bit of it. This, so this would be more leading into filling the gaps between Mad Max 1 and 2. All right. So, heavy industry 2 began to rule off the books and roll down the shutters with a dwindling amount of fuel and rapidly diminishing supply of raw materials. Panic led to riots as small investors fought to withdraw their savings. Bank after bank folded or bolted its doors, never to be reopened. And all the time, the gas stations were rapidly being sucked dry as motorists tried to stockpile as much fuel as possible. Which, that, of course, that happened. That happens. Happens now when prices are threatening to go up. Yeah. If there's... Uh, sure happens here, they go, oh yeah, prices are going up by five cent a litre tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. you'll have queues at the petrol stations at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And during, like, I remember, like, watching CNN coverage, like, the night before, like, Hurricane Katrina hit. Oh, yeah. And people were doing the same. It might not have been Hurricane Katrina, but some hurricane, yeah. like, and there was people, like, there was somebody shot, like, for taking somebody's fuel, like, and that's before a disaster hit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a disaster that in, like, terrible disasters, but in the grand scheme of things, they're not Mad Max level. <laughs> no, no. So you can only imagine... Um, they slept in their cars, fought at the pumps, <laughs> there you go, and threatened the driveway attendants. The government's ra- ration coupons were left to rot in the gutter. At night, Bowser locks were smashed, storage tanks emptied, and private cars milked. Ordinary, decent people began to arm themselves, getting ready to defend what they had. That's the biggest danger, I think. Ordinary people 
arming themselves because they're yeah. the ones that's going to panic. Is this still shoot. in the Mad Max One world or Mad Max Two? This is two. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, this is, no. Sorry. This this is a preamble to two, but it's kind of exp- it's still explaining yeah, yeah, Mad okay, Max yeah. One out in the highways, which years ago had degenerated into a war zone. So that's Mad Max One. Yeah. The remaining oil tankers ha- had to run the gauntlet of gangs and outlaw bikers. Road hijackings was the country's only growth industry. This is kind of like if Mad Max One and Two are set three years apart. This is what happens after Mad Max ends, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, starved of fuel. That's nah, not really important. I, ju- I just don't want to read everything. Cause it's five pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In city after city, the story was repeated. The world, as everybody knew it, was coming to an end. <laughs> like the dull queues grew longer by the hour until finally they stretched clear across the country. No welfare system in the world could have withstood such an onslaught. <laughs> that's good. That's uh, brilliant. Let's see what else we have. The cities became centres of feverish activity as one law-abiding citizen scrambled to grab what was left. This is what we just talked about. Yeah, yeah so, we literally just said this. Yeah. And it became increasingly clear to everyone that the strong would live and the weak would perish. Lone scavengers began to organise themselves into small mortaring packs, equipped with high-powered bikes and homemade dune buggies, laying in ambush on the unwary. Oh, so this is, yeah, outside the urban centers in quiet leafy suburbs and on rambling country estates once sociable people fortified their well-stocked homes and prepared to shoot any intruder but while by day the cities had become a carnival of looting and pillaging by night they became a grim battleground <laughs> neighbors preyed on neighbor strong violated the weak yeah this is really saying exactly yeah that this oh, yeah. people started moving from the cities out to the suburbs then and that's where the gangs, the road gangs, sprang up. That's <laughs> where, we're, where we're left in Mad Max yeah, too. Yeah, that's where we're left. It's the one thing I've always had is a problem with the Mad Max world. Yeah, is how vehicles became so important when they had so little fuel. I know. Yeah, like everybody's that, it's the, the hunting for oil or gasoline as it's yeah, in yeah. Mad Max and like oh, I know how you could spare gasoline don't drive so many cars <laughs> yeah because the, the whole point like in this like you were reading the preamble there it's all starts off with the oil fe- fields being burnt and yeah, stuff yeah. In the Middle East and all that so like it just it goes to show it's kind of but you'd run out of fuel quite quickly then because there's no new supply of fuel coming in so how long are the fuel stocks in one country australia for example of what they currently have in stock how long is that going to last you know you know what yeah, I mean? yeah like, it can't it, like okay we were talking about how by the time you get i know we're not talking about thunderdome no, quite yet but by the time you get there we were saying we reckoned it was about 15 years are still people still going to be able to drive vehicles then you know what i mean Do, to be fair by the time we get to beyond thunderdome that's oh, they're the, walking around a lot well the whole driving plot point of thunderdome is that they're using methane gas oh, okay which they're they're making yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got a, you know, tina turner has a pig farm oh yeah and they're using, they're using Sorry, pig, she forgot, even says it's that, yeah, yeah. pig shit yeah that's how they're fueling i'd forgotten about that yeah it's a completely valid point doesn't the world's the world's current oil supply can last until 2040 i think yeah and that's m- most of the stuff we still haven't um taken out of the earth yet that's yeah, what, yeah that's what they reckon from what size they think all the what's and that means yeah. at a comfortable level, we'll obviously still have fuel, but with something like twenty percent of the world will have no choice but to walk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is a big like twenty percent. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's twenty percent. I know it's a big. 
Yeah, it's a big like, chunk. Uh, like I completely agree that it would, in this scenario where, like obviously, markets collapse, and therefore jobs go, and then it creates riots on the street, and people go crazy and start killing each other, and we run out of supplies and all that kind of stuff. But you're also going to run out of fuel, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which doesn't really seem to like everyone's crazy to get fuel, but that would that uh. The, the knock-on effect that just wouldn't carry through for as long as it does in the Mad Max world. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. I guess the only thing is, like, with such a reduction of the population, there's so... There's more fuel to go around. Yeah, and siphon yeah. out of other vehicles and stuff like that, I suppose. But still, you're talking about actually getting it. Like... Yeah. But, but I don't think the obsession would carry on like it does. Like, isn't... It, the whole point is that there's gangs trying to steal fuel from... Yes, other well, civilizations, but um, they spend so much fuel trying to do it. Yeah, it's kind of like, wouldn't you just go off and build a farm somewhere? <laughs> well, I think it's kind of because that's even the plot of Mad Max Two involves like it. Yeah, yeah it's all about them trying to steal the tanker. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm thinking of completely here. And but I think that it's not about them having the tankard; it's about us not having the tankard. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I suppose. So like there's guys like the guys looking for that tankard, they probably have forty tankards stockpiled already. Yeah, they're probably yeah. only gonna burn they'll still burn through two of them just to get this one. But it means that another community doesn't have it. Yeah. So it and makes it, them more powerful. Yeah. And like that might just be George Miller's contrived way to explain why he gets to shoot cool chase scenes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I'm happy that's a good that's a fine way to explain. <laughs> that is it is a very good yeah. But and but it seems that makes sense too. To a lot, like I guess it would be like it's like if everybody wants to be the big boy in the schoolyard. It's that's the, the yeah. It's know. the same as like shooting in, in that scenario. Like, would you waste the bullets to shoot a looter? But are you wasting them, or are you just making sure that they don't they don't have a gun to come back? Like, or, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's in, but it's interesting. I guess it depends on how well stocked you are. Can you afford to to take it from them? It's essentially like going to war, like a country going to war. Like it's just about disarming somebody. Yeah. Obviously, the concept came from the idea of oh, humans are obsessed with fuel and fuel consumption, and that's the social commentary of the whole point of mm. the films. But the well, concept only carries so far. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah, I was pointing out. But, oh yeah, no, no. Well, Mad Max. I actually have a quote here because um, apparently Miller was inspired by the oil crisis of the seventies, and this this is a quote of his. I'd lived in a very lovely and sedate city in Melbourne, and during OPEC and the extreme oil crisis, where the only people who could get gas were emergency workers, firemen, hospital staff and police, it took 10 days in this really peaceful city for the first shot to be fired. So I thought, what if this happened over 10 years? Yeah. So that, and that's, uh, that's a good introduction to it. Absolutely. That goes back to the earlier conversation, really. It doesn't relate to now, but... You asked me um, about what car. Yes. Do you want to get into that? Yeah. 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 yeah it's, okay. It's yeah, good yeah. Time. Have you thought about what car you would have? Um, not really, because well, I had, and I looked up. Like, I have this. Depending on what, if if you don't have anything, what? Well, no, you you've done your research in this one. I do. I have a list of the ten best cars for the apocalypse. Okay, yeah. You no, do that no, fir- no, you do that first, and then I'll do what I did. No, none of these are my picks. This is actually from Popular Mechanics. This is what they... Because, yeah, I, I would trust them. Yeah. 
Uh, Did you see the competition they were running for um, Fury Road? Oh, to win. You one. can win the car. <laughs> wow. Like, like the, 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 the actual car. The well, inter- the, Interceptor, like? Yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty sweet. And it was, um, like, with all the... Exactly as it looks. So it's not really, like, st- street legal, but you could win it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd obviously have to, like, get it just rebodied so it doesn't have, like, blades and stuff on the side of it. Actually, just to go back to the Intercept- Interceptor like, and Max, like, because um, I do like how, how prepared he is for stealing, for getting fuel, too. Like, the fact that he's got the big barrels on yeah. the on the roof of yeah, the car. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like, you would have to do that. Because I, I think that's it. In the Mad Max universe, it's not so much what car you're driving, but what you've done with, with it. Yeah, yeah, what you're prepared for. Well, according to um, popular mechanics, the Paramount more order is... This is a Hummer, apparently. Just done into a tank. That's number 10. That's, okay. I'm, I don't know anything about Hummers. That doesn't seem... If we're talking about a shortage on fuel... In the Mad Max universe, I'm not sure if that having a Hummer is. Yeah, it's probably like what one mile per gallon or something. <laughs> uh, number nine is a Jeep Cherokee. Oh yeah, which again, like I don't know enough about Jeeps, but that just like on appearance, that's one you'd see on the street. Like, oh, that would probably be a good apocalypse car. I know the I know they did here for the, uh, the zombie walk a couple of years ago. Those guys had a big pickup truck. And they, uh, they modified it to look like an apocalypse, like a zombie apocalypse truck, and drove it as the lead car for the zombie <laughs> walk. And it was deadly because there was all guys in the back of it, uh, with like shotguns and stuff of like that, all in like, uh, they were in body armor and all that kind of stuff. And they had strapped like wooden posts to the front of the bonnet. Um, they put loads, yeah, of, loads I, of hand yeah, prints of that, like uh, uh, bloody hand prints all over it and everything. It looked amazing. It was great. They like barbed wire over the top and everything. It was so cool. It was great. <laughs> One car they've got listed here now. Considering we're doing Mad Max, you would have to mm, add a skull to the hood of it, and you'd have to like make it look Mad Max esque because it oh, looks yeah. more like Stingray, something from Stingray, the Honda Dream, the solar oh. car. Have you seen that? No, no. I'm going to oh, come yeah. over and have a quick look. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> now, that makes sense, though. It's solar-powered. Yeah. That makes sense. If you're in Australia... Yeah, not hard. <laughs> yeah. So that's perfect. And, like, also, it'd be very quiet. I don't know what speed it picks up. I don't know how it'd do against, say, the Hummer. Yeah. What number is that? Three, uh, s- s- uh, seven. Eight? eight yeah, no, I skipped um, some, because they were just Jeeps. Like, oh, <laughs> it was yeah, just okay, different... Yeah different uh cherokees but yeah no that's number seven yeah now i'm pretty sure it's one person as well yeah that's what i is that you know that for i think so yeah that's what i was thinking you can't carry much with it yeah where do you put your supplies yeah you can't can't strap you can't live in it no i think that's good if you've got your own if you're living in a shack somewhere and that's just for like scouting You'd need another. I think that's a good one to have, but you need another car. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. You could take that somewhere with like maybe a five liter can of petrol, empty jerry can, go somewhere, siphon some petrol, put it on your lap, get back, <laughs> and then be able to fuel your real car. <laughs> It'd be handy for that. <laughs> 
that you have all your supplies in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they've got a Subaru hatchback. Now, I don't know enough about cars to even know if these are... Oh, right. Like, what's a Subaru hatchback? Would, would that be a... I want to talk about It's just a small car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fast, I guess that's about... Yeah, yeah, they would be. <laughs> They'd be used for some rally cars and stuff like this that. Subar- actually- Subarus are big rally cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is number... Oh, wait, this is actually... Oh, sorry, yeah, because it's photo number six, but this would be number five or four. Sorry, I just... They yeah. don't actually say it. Did you say the number of photos? Oh, okay. But... They list them. They have four. Uh, we'll say it's number six. Um, I think this actually might be good, and it's also... This fits in with Mad Max, I think, just because most of the cars in Mad Max just look yeah. like they shouldn't be. Oh, yeah. uh, Volkswagen Microbus. Oh, yeah. That would be very good. The camper, like? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're slow, but they're... It's that one that's a bit... They don't have very big engines, so they're yeah. pretty good on fuel, and you can live in it. Uh, they're very comfortable, but they're, they're like, driving a lawnmower. Like. <laughs> Again, it's good. It's probably to be, like, let's... It's probably good in a real-life apocalypse. Like, in what could actually happen. Not yes. the world of Mad Max, where you're having car chases. <laughs> no, no. They'd be a bit more practical. Like if it's the road, yeah. this is the best one to find. Yeah, but if it's Mad Max, pissing against the wind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I never even said this, but I've decided as well that, unlike our other podcast, we oh, can. This one can be explicitly yeah, cursed. Yeah. yeah, you dickhead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, I feel bad. It was meant for a joke. I'm going home. <laughs> the Buick Roadmaster. Uh, yeah. Maybe, I what, think. What is that? Is that a Jeep? Is it? A... It's the one. It's the the wood panel, the classic American wood panel. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> is it a um, not a pickup, like an estate? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a it's long back. Same. Yeah, it's a long back. Yeah, they seem like they get some speed and stuff. Maybe it's the car from Harry and the Hendersons. I was thinking National Lampoons, but yes, either. exactly. Both, both, yeah, but. Yeah. We both went to 80s classics. I know, yeah. Well, I was going to say we got. both went John Lithgow, but it's not. It's Chevy Chase, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The Jeep Wrangler, which that's when, based on my limited knowledge of cars, when we were going to pick out one, I was just like, oh, I'll just talk. I'll just say the Jeep Wrangler. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I assumed, I assumed it. Is that the Jeep with the snorkel? No. Sorry? No, it's, it's just the classic. It's just your classic Jeep. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, like that one. It's on the like, military Oh yeah, yeah. It so looks it looks kind of like the Jurassic Park jeeps from Jurassic Park. I one. think yeah, they're they're yeah. jeep wranglers. I think. But I know you you with they with the canvas top, are they? Yeah. See, if someone jumps on your car, they're getting in very easily. Guy jumps off the back of a truck. Yeah, but man, you'd you'd be reinforcing it in Mad Max. Oh, you would. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd have a rubber you, you'd, cage. You would you would chain. No, do you know what you do? You'd make the canopy out of chainmail. Yeah, and it'd look badass. And <laughs> I'm going on the assumption, and any car you would choose, you would. You're going to modify it. Yeah, you're going to put in a roller cage and stuff because you're going to be doing flips. Yeah. And looking badass and landing on your wheels. Of course, yeah. <laughs> You'd you're be reinf- with your reinforced suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew that. You can pick any car because you're just modifying it. Like, well, any car can work in a Mad Max world. Well, you see, I would say for the rules of this, you have to stick with the engine that's in the car. Right. And... Uh, you continue with the list there, and then I'll... No, I'll that's, a, that's the okay, list. Yeah, yeah. See, I've done two here. I have two cars to choose from. And one is the most fuel-efficient car 
that exists at the moment of a normal road car that's not a hybrid it's not a um or it's not a classic hybrid it's not an electric car or anything like that and that is the new 2015 peugeot 208 and it's been officially revealed this year um as the most economic car um for in the uk the engine efficiency it says i'm going to read this here the engine efficiency improvement improvements now mean that the french firm makes the most efficient non-hybrid engine in europe mass production uh, mass production with the 1.6 blue hdi achieving over 94 miles per gallon on a on a on the combined cycle now i looked that up what that actually meant was you get 81 miles per gallon what a combined cycle is i've no idea um <laughs> And then, uh, all diesels except ba- the except base uh, seventy four bhp trim get stop start as standard, while the model at the one hundred bhp blue HDI diesel offers a class leading ninety four point one uh, miles per gallon and seventy nine grams of CO two. Um, it has six speed gearbox, and. It's an emissions are 94 grams per kilogram or something like that. the engine is a 1.6 litre diesel um, it's only a three door little hatchback um, I'll give you a picture of it there oh, so it's, yeah, it's like yeah. the Peugeot 206 that you see now but it's the 208 it's the most fuel efficient car now here's where I'm going to get technical on you with this okay it's fuel efficient yeah it's probably very fast and as well, I'm going for diesel rather than petrol because diesel is adaptable and you can mix it with um, cooking oil and a couple of other things to get you further. So you can dilute it down. I think it's about 20% you can dilute it and it'll still run without modification in most diesel engines. Um, and then it's only a very slight modification for them to take other oils as well. Yeah. And then it's a mix of, I think it's up to about 46% or something random like that you can do with diesel so you can get much more efficiency out of your couple of gallons of diesel that you have so i've thought this through (laughs) (laughs) the only problem with this car is one it's french and electric and it probably has loads of electronics and i used to have a renault that's uh electronic and french (laughs) and everything electrical in every french car i've ever driven failed fails okay right my my dad has the had the later model of the French car I had, the Renault I had. He had like the newer version of it. And his windows kept like breaking. But if he opened his windows, like the electric windows, they stayed open. Yeah. And I remember one day we were going through like a toll and he was like, Oh, I can't open my window and he had to pull forward and open the door oh. and hand money to the person in the thing because he couldn't open his window. And like he had the car for like a year or something at that stage. So I would say there's a lot more in a car like this that can go wrong on you. Yeah. Now. The other side of that though is your windows are going to be shot out years ago. Oh yeah, but your engine starts with electronics. The fuel efficiency yeah. is all through a oh, computer know, yeah, system, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot more to go wrong. Then there is... I went for a car for durability. So that was the one for economy. Then I thought, durability is there's the Toyota uh, Helix, which is, if you remember, that's the Jeep from Top Gear that they couldn't kill. I uh, don't know much no, Top Gear, uh, but... They did all these tests. I'll go through it now in a minute. 
Uh, now that's a three liter engine diesel, so it's much more of a guzzler. You get eight point one liters per hundred kilometers. Um, but in crash tests, it scored four point five. Um, and then for economy, it got two point five out of five. Where the other one for crash tests is similar, but the car is totaled. But you'll walk away alive. Yeah. But your car is fucked. <laughs> where this one you will like the car will you could just turn it over and drive off I think no that's what the most it. important thing though I think anything else like that decides because where are you going to get another car yeah there is Top Gear did these really cool tests with this car I'm not big fans of Clarkson and Gang or any of those um, but they did this really cool test with the, they did so many tests with this car they drowned it they uh, parked it on the beach and let the tide come in <laughs> and drowned it and like took it out to sea a little bit and then they pulled it back in with a rope and everything the guy repaired it with a screwdriver <laughs> it came they, like he got the engine to restart yeah, yeah, yeah. and all he had to do was um, obviously they let it like dry out for like a couple of hours and all you had to do was like scrape the contacts on the battery with a screwdriver <laughs> and it restarted um, they lit it on fire and it was fine. All they did was melt the upholstery on the seats. And <laughs> they crashed it loads. They pummeled it with a wrecking ball. And all they did was dent it and turn it over. And then they turned it over again. It restarted. They uh, they dropped it from a massive height. Um, and then they also did, as one of the last tests is, they put it on the roof of a building that was being de- uh, demolished. And blew, and blew up blew the building. Up and then they drove the car back to the studio. <laughs> wow. Well, and well, then um, that's and there is a picture of it there. And it still runs. Wow. And it's in bits. And uh, the only thing I would say is it's not very fuel efficient, but Nobody the, thing will, the thing will run for like 50 years for you. And like, that's only if you get, say... A mid-90s model, if you get the more modern one, then you've got more electronics in it. So. But look how much fuel reserve you can hold on top of that. Yeah. You can carry around a couple of gallons. Like, you could carry around oh, you can f- hundreds of gallons on that. Yeah, yeah. Barrels loads. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing with um, choosing the and car. It has, and it also has a massive fuel tank like built into it. Yeah. As well. So, I think I'd go for that one. It's a good choice. But that's the thing with choosing cars, that um, you're limiting your option. Because sticking with Mad Max, I think the smartest thing to have in that world is the gyrocopter from Mad Max 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Uh, Jedediah. Jedediah? Or Jedediah. There's two Ds there. Jedediah. Um, yeah, he's got a helicopter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that That's pretty special. But ideal for the Mad Max universe, because who can get at you? <laughs> yeah. if you? Once you can carry enough fuel, you can land on a rooftop, refuel take off again but i just don't know by how much because it's so small in it because it drives as well oh. like it takes off like a like a plane yeah yeah but it's just so small like i don't know if it's only run by fuel i'm not sure how far you could possibly get in it like. no because aircraft eat fuel like ridiculously yeah it's a helicopter like, essentially. yeah yeah but i mean his one like i mean there's real there's like actual military ones as well so like maybe something yeah. like that but that's not quite mad max you have to in it, for to have a gyrocopter you have to have invented it yourself for this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to wait like you need to have built it 
yeah, specifically. <laughs> you need to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not something any one off the street could just pick up and try and survive in that world. Because it's weird, because, like, they're a gyrocopter. It's a, so it works like a helicopter as opposed yeah. to a plane, but yet needs to, eru- needs to take off. Oh, right. Which is... But I guess because they, the, they have the propellers at the back as well. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have the power of a helicopter. Like I just thought there was some... It's so weird because that same actor is in Thunderdome with the same gyrocopter. Oh, really? But, okay, it's, a different ca- but it's a different character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be his son, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so remember. people are like, how's he back? And then other people are like, so he's meant to be a different character, but how come they got the same actor? But I think it's meant to be his son. It's, it's never... a really odd choice to make like as a writer and a director or as a production team yeah <laughs> what would be your weapon of choice like the weapon you would always always keep with you I think still the idea of an arrow just because you can retrieve your arrows oh yeah so like bow and arrow or crossbow yeah. or something bow and arrow I think crossbow you kind of that's quiet yeah like you can sneak up but and... th- that's what we're talking about just the sort of what you'd prefer, but in Mad Max, you wouldn't. You'd be going nowhere with a bow and arrow. No. So, you could, like, your only options in Mad Max are sawn off shotgun. Like, yeah. That's what you need. That's, like, the must-have. Yeah, yeah. Maximum spread. Yeah. You pretty much don't have to aim. <laughs> I quite like in the new Mad Max game, in the loading screens, they have, like, tips oh, for yeah. survival. Because you need to survive. You need to get food within the game and stuff. And have really good tips, like, um, you know, to to pull off your number plate and use it as a shovel to dig and stuff like that. Oh, really? That's um, cool. Actually, we probably shouldn't get into that because we'll save the game. But, like, there's some really good yeah, tips. Yeah, m- do you have it? Uh, I was going to get it up. There's a list of them because I don't have the game yet. So <laughs> I was going to say, we'll get the game and just do a round of it, play it for a while, and then do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and actually what survival tips we learned from playing the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think you have to, like, you can drink your pee in that, oh, yeah. but you can only do it once a day. Because, you know, the <laughs> thing, if you do it seven, you can drink your urine seven times, and after that, it becomes poisonous. It's gone through your system too much at that point oh, yeah, that yeah. you just get sick. Oh, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? <laughs> We could do an episode, see <laughs> we drink our pee seven oh, times. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Seven times once. <laughs> I think seven times is what you can do before you get sick. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was like, I would get sick, too, not the first oh, no, time. Oh, no, as in you can die. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your urine's good to drink seven times. Because okay, it's yeah, the same yeah. thing going through your system. Like, about yeah, yeah. seven times. You're, you're poisoning your body at that yeah. point, not just... Making yourself vomit and gag. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, urine is waste. Your kidneys clean out. Yeah, all the all the bad stuff, and you're putting it back in yeah. to rehydrate yourself. By the seventh time, your kidneys just can't. There's nothing else that can clean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'd even go to seven times. Like after three, I think I wouldn't risk it. If I'm in a situation where I had to drink my piece three three times, I'd probably accept that I was dead. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say by the time you get to the third, you drink the third time, you're like, oh, next time I'm thirsty, I'm just killing myself. <laughs> like, you're just, yeah, and, and it's just not worth it. Well, with, with you, things, you're on a desert island. <laughs> just, just go drown yourself. Like at that point, there's no point trying. 
with things like you've wasted every other option at that point and you're waiting for rescue you can only stay with they drinking for what is it like three three days maximum really depending on conditions yeah that's if you're not in the sun yeah with things um being as mad as they are in mad max yeah how likely do you think because you know we haven't gotten to the nukes haven't fallen yet yeah. just people ha- it's a world gone mad how possible do you think that is that just an oil crisis or like because there's there is more things in mad max like they, they talk about water wars and stuff as well at points that there's a lot of t- yeah, things yeah. that have caused society to fall this far how likely do you think it would be for mankind to react that way it's a tough one because you're facing worldwide for it to work really yeah or at least enough of the world that the rest of the world can't provide aid yeah yeah so like that you run out of australia is a perfect example they had a serious drought yeah then people are dying of dehydration the world can provide a certain amount of aid there the rest of the world yeah, they, yeah. You, you, we could import drinking water and send it you know what i mean like that kind of thing but it is like but we, it's we are going on this like it is quite worldwide yeah, yeah so it's kind of it's tough I mean, if it take if it happens enough of the best example, I think the more realistic one is an economic collapse, which could be related to fuel running out, or it could be related to a number no, of but things. Uh, For t- you, but you asked me, what, do that, I think yeah, it's possible? But no, no, that, um, but that's not the question. That, yeah, sorry. the question is like because we're accepting that the oil crisis, all that has happened. Yeah. yeah. So how likely do you think is society it that, would react that way? Yeah, yeah. A percent of it, definitely. Enough of a percent that the rest falls anyway. Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that, you. Yeah. Definitely. Now I, I do. Think I do it, think it depends on country to country. A lot of how bad it is. I think Ireland definitely ends up in Mad Max territory. Within reason, yeah. There's enough lunatics. <laughs> yeah, I. I think we definitely do. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody actually ends up in Mad Max territories, and I don't think there's going to be high, highway chases. Or no, tankers. no. But I mean, but just you'll be in a world where it's every man for himself. Yeah, people will kill you for like a bottle of water or like a biscuit in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or just because they don't like the look of you, uh, you'll end up in a lawless society where it's every man for himself. Like I think Dublin would be one of the worst places to be in an apocalypse. Oh yeah, like it's it's. One of the worst places to be on a Friday night. Oh, yeah. And like, I think Dublin, places like Dublin, Manchester, London, all hopeless. Yeah, that have that crazy drinking culture. Yeah. That those, the people who go mental when they're drinking are the people that once the rules are gone, oh, just, there's no holding them back. Society's the only thing keeping them in check. So if society yeah. falls. And there seems to be a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's like. Well, yeah, because take take for example, you and me sitting here, we're in, like, I'm not the person who I get a couple of drinks into me, I get into a fight, or I'll like smash up your house or anything like that. But there's plenty of people out there who'll do that. Yeah, and it's, yeah, half of it's the drink, like being drunk, is an excuse for a lot of people. Yeah, because I I've you know seen a mean? lot of them who just aren't, just they're not even under the influence of alcohol. Like, there's seen guys just out doing that like especially younger like teenagers that are yeah, just yeah. out to do harm no matter what like yeah and you hear some horror stories of just random acts of violence that uh, are pretty close to what happens in mad max that yeah 
I don't know. I think I think there's certain there, the fact that there's yeah, like, people. Like this thing. Sorry. There's fact that there, there's people that will do that on a random Friday night. I can only assume there's people, and there is. There's people like them that something in society is just about keeping them in check. That you take away that yeah. and they go nuts. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> like yeah, there's people who just they're just on the edge or something. They have a lot of anger and and I think once they commit to a certain level of violence and accepting it, there's no going back. Yeah. Like, you, you take a gang of violent people starts off and they start off on a riot and then the police don't come and break it up because there's no police. Yeah, yeah. They'll just keep going and then they'll start doing, like, gang rapings and then they'll start killing and then they're just like, let's just do this all the Once time. Once they learn that there's no repercussions for what they do. They'll just keep going. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But there's this... Um, and it's scary. <laughs> there's this... Um, really interesting experiment a guy done uh john calhorn was his name called universe 25 stuff oh, right. have you ever heard about that like reference in sci-fi or anything yeah it sounds familiar but it was this it was just like a hundred square foot box like a couple of feet high huge like this big box with like little mini apartments and stuff in it for mice sorry <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um i was like that's not that and it was just it was made as like a utopia yeah for mice and the idea of a utopia is that they always become <laughs> dystopias yeah it started with like maybe eight mice or something was this a real yeah. experiment they did or? oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. done in this this in the 70s and this was during like the well this is leading this is the same things going on in the world that, that would, would have inspired mad max were going on yeah, like yeah. especially like the baby the baby boomers because this was more yeah. of a study of overpopulation okay um and yeah, and so it started with like eight mice, so four breeding groups, and within like a couple of months it was 600, and then it was 2,000, and then like it just very quickly, well they started from, out... From the breed, oh, from, they're just breeding and breeding and breeding. Yeah, like it started out pretty average, and the breeding slowed down, then so at like 2,000, 200 mice, yeah. that was tw- twice the capacity of it. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it just the growth stopped altogether. So they actually just reached the, the mice. Just reached a point where there was too much there, and then they just stopped. The overpopulation just caused them to oh, stop okay, yeah, breeding yeah. at all. It's like they adapted to it. Yeah, yeah. But there was already too many, so it was like too late to regulate. Now this is weird because this is the society they're living in. Is, is what causes this to happen? That females couldn't carry pregnancies to term anymore. Yeah, they and they would like forget. They would have a litter of. Uh, mice and leave them somewhere to be safe and forget where they were oh, right. or they just wouldn't care about them and so this was a result of overpopulation. So they wouldn't feed them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, this is a direct result of overpopulation it also just turned the mice into psychopaths wow and they started killing each other yeah and forming groups and there was this really weird thing where like they had all these apartments for them yeah and a bunch of them would go into one and mm-hmm. operate from that and there'd be other apartments just left empty so they would all they all like separated into cliques that's mental some tried to escape from the clique from the like the mice would go to corners that just had nothing in them but it was because they were safe it was like going oh, to yeah, yeah. going to the outback like in Mad Max yeah, yeah. but they would they would be the ones that would be seen to be like trying to find a way out 
and they were the ones that were targeted by the other ones by the gangs there was also this really weird thing there was a group that they referred to as the beautiful ones yeah where these were the ones that actually went to the highest apartments had their own clique and just ignored everything else that was going on in the tank they didn't fight with each other didn't get chased they just became really uh not egotistical but they just like sat around all day licking themselves <laughs> <laughs> and they went to like the top apartments yeah yeah wow and i always thought that was interesting they almost sound like have you read the book or seen the time machine the hg Wells? yeah yeah you know when like when he's in the future and and the kids they're all at the swimming pools and stuff and they just yeah, don't care yeah. they let the the library turn to dust yeah they were like that or kind of like in mad max 2 and onwards how like the raiders the sort of street gangs yeah. have all they all have like this letter fetish yeah yeah and they're all like have like because that's one thing like why in mad max world does everybody dyed her hair crazy and all this yeah but, yeah and have mohawks and yeah yeah <laughs> but like th- that kind of sounds like these these mice yeah, yeah. In, uh, actually, I keep saying mice, but it's probably rats. Okay, yeah, yeah. I it's probably rats, I'd say. Well, no. Actually, no, I think it probably was. Yeah, no, because they'd use the more intelligent. Because mice are more. They're used towards those studies. Yeah. But yeah, and so the beautiful ones had no interest in breeding or anything either, even though they could. Like, they just like had lost interest in everything. But Wow. Yeah, it was just. So there was chaos below. And they. What was the. Sorry, you said it was like a utopian society they created. They created originally for them. What made it a utopian society? Just the fact that everything, they were fed regularly. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what was the food supply like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they, they continued. They were fed. This, like the people over the experiment never changed. They never dictated how the experiment would, would work. Like, oh, yeah. So they so were they feeding fed them the same yeah, way. They were being, the mice were being treated. The human interference was the same throughout the entire experiment. Yeah, yeah. Now, did they feed them the same amount of food for, you know what I mean? I think they always, yeah, I think they actually always fed them. Say when they got, they had what, 2,200? Yeah. Was there ever a shortage of food? I don't think so. Like, you know what I mean? Did they they put in enough food for, you said it was at twice capacity, so did they only put in enough food for 1,100? Once it reached capacity? Yeah. Yeah, I think they still, whatever if it was meant well, to reach 1,500 yeah I think they still actually did feed yeah, that would make sense yeah. they had stopped breeding themselves so before that even becomes an issue yeah which is weird but I don't think they would have accommodated them to that point yeah, yeah, yeah. but still it's mad yeah I just like that those that they lost t- the beautiful ones that they just lost touch with the social behaviour that they had at one point and yeah but, and then you had the gangs that were like killing all the others and it was completely it was barbaric killings like it was like yeah, there was yeah. no reason to like and they had food like yeah it's not like they were killing for food but they kind of they might have thought they were like maybe they got too comfortable in this utopian society <laughs> yeah that, yeah um but i think it was the overpopulation that had caused it yeah and then there might have been a food issue when it was overpopulated but then once it started to drop it continued and the reason it continues because like right I'm, i think i'm I know the whole like dog years and human years thing doesn't yeah, really yeah. make sense, but for when they do like zoologists do studies, they do with mice, they do say like one a, a mouse year is equal to thirty human years. But yeah, in terms of generations and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And yeah, and you're yeah. about two or three years into the experiment at this point. The like by the end of the experiment, all the uh, 
mice there were were born in universe 25 okay yeah, so they yeah. grew up in that society yeah. yeah and i think that's like that's why the, but you get to the point of mad max too it's it's people that were 12 when the world went to hell are yeah. now 20 and like that's all they know so they go crazy they become the kind of post-apocalyptic punks <laughs> yeah yeah the leather punks or whatever you call them yeah yeah they're yeah. just that they entirely they completely embrace the madness yeah even yeah. when because like that's the thing with the beautiful ones in universe 25 like they had they were the ones they, they had more than enough food and because yeah. they weren't doing anything they weren't even burning calories like and they would like they would stockpile food and like they weren't they had no one to fight with because they only hung around by themselves but they still kind of just destroyed themselves <laughs> yeah and did, did the gangs attack them then or was there anything no because the beautiful ones were like literally high up but because there was so many of them that they were still intimidating and because yeah. yeah like it's hard to tell the psychology of a mouse but know, yeah, yeah. whether they were completely given up or whether they like decided if we stick together and act like like because they were essentially acting like they're in charge and just watching over this world <laughs> yeah. going to hell but i think that's a, yeah they just won't be attacked because there was so many of them that they oh, were yeah. their own separate clique and the other cliques didn't interfere with them they were down at the bottom of the universe killing the other mice yeah yeah but yeah, and the place, like it completely destroyed itself. Like there was not, there was no one left. There was no mice left by the end. Like they killed each other off. Oh, like. right. But the worst part about that experiment is that when he originally started, it was to prove the opposite. Oh really? He was trying to prove that a utopia could work. Oh uh, yeah, and it went completely wrong. <laughs> to, well, worse again, it's called Universe Twenty Five because there was a Universe One, Two, Three, all the way to Twenty Four. And the same thing happened every time. No. <laughs> yeah. Way. There was never a different result. That's insane. Yeah. Also, that's why they called it 25, because they actually did it 25 times. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's mental. No, I don't know if it's I'm kind of playing yeah, it up yeah. for... But, like, oh, it, yeah, yeah. It, the results were essentially the same each time. That's crazy. Yeah, I think Universe 25 was the biggest... That was, like, that was sort of oh, yeah, the biggest box. Yeah, they probably did the Yeah, yeah. But the result... The result <laughs> was so calm. There's, like, there's an algorithm... He wrote out an algorithm yeah, that sums up why it leads to this. Yeah. Just stating that it will, like, essentially it will just always lead to this. So if you, like... Was his conclusion, it's going to happen humans? I I don't think that was really his his conclusion as such. Because I don't know if... He's a, he's still a scientist, and he like no scientist would say that based on yeah, an experiment yeah. with mice. But I think the implication is just that that's how easy it is for a utopia to destroy itself. Yeah, that's a bit different than Mad Max because we're not living in a utopia, and yeah. they don't necessarily destroy themselves. Like there's yeah. interference from, but then like the people that cause the oil crisis are humans too. So yeah, they are part. We, we, we must do podcast actually there's another disaster we didn't think of which is just overpopulation yeah, yeah that's a great one yeah yeah and well, like uh, we could actually go into that universe 25 more how do you think you would fare in the mad max world well i don't need a driver's license so because <laughs> i don't have a car but I, like i can i can drive in theory not just not legally yeah, yeah. um yeah i'm not sure like, in different scenarios, I think I'd do a lot better than, than yeah. Mad Max. Like, I mean, Mad Max, realistically, like, 
<laughs> Max is badass, and that's the reason he's the only character that's in all of those films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's a pretty. No, tough... Nobody lasts that long. I mean, if I had a gyrocopter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not long, not long. Like no, I mean, the thing is, I'm. I think I'm. I'm more of a. Um, and I said it at the start. I'm more of a stay put and put roots in yeah. and try and survive kind of person. And in that world, you can't. Yeah, you have to live on the road, yeah. and that's I. It's hard. It's just you're just a scavenger. That's the thing. Even though you don't have the opportunity, like to grow crops or you know. Yeah, yeah. You, well, that's, that's the thing. A big I'm thing not sure how much I'd want to survive in the Mad Max no. world. Doesn't seem fun. Do you, so is it scenario where you kind of you get a gun, you get your family, and then you sit in a circle and pass the gun around? <laughs> I don't think I'd do that because I've always thought like. If the apocalypse happens, I definitely want to live through it because I want to see what it looks like. Yeah, I want. I definitely want to wander the wastelands, kill myself a, a raider, maybe <laughs> if there's some super mutants, whatever. Yeah, I'd give it a go. But I, if if like I'm surrounded and I'm gonna die, I'm not gonna be too worried about it either. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't care about getting killed in the apocalypse once I get to see enough that I'm like, oh, I had a good run. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> it's funny because I think that might be how Max feels, and that might be the key to surviving in the Mad Max world. You, you just want to see caring. it all burn. <laughs> well, just not caring about death in it. Yeah, yeah, like having nothing to lose anyway, and just being like, I'm just wandering to see what's what the crack is. But that's the thing. You need to reach a point of having nothing to lose. Mm. And uh, I think I've too much to lose, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but you'd, if you've lost it all already, I think that's the thing with Max. Yeah, like he's yeah he's he's lost his family already. He's like this thing you would fight tooth and nail, and then once it's just you, then you're like, well, it's day to day. You know, it's you just see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's no. Uh, yeah, you stop caring. Basically. Essentially, yeah. Uh, I think we we've covered the first two as much as we can. Yeah. So so far, do you do so far? Do you think you're alive? Are you alive at the end of Mad Max Two? Yeah, because I got that car. Okay. <laughs> and I've got you with me, buddy. Okay, so we're both alive at the end of Mad Max Two. It's just the two of us. We're driving the uh, what was it, the Toyota Helix. And we've got a load, oh, no, of, we got a load of fuel in the pickup. You're driving the Toyota Helix. I'm over you in the gyrocopter. <laughs> Sorry, you're over me in the gyrocopter. <laughs> and um, we're we're taking the long road. Mm. And the worst possible thing that could happen now is if the remaining governments go to nuclear war. But sure, that'll never happen. Till next time. <laughs> Have a nice apocalypse.